Welcome to the Deeper Into Movies podcast. My name is Stephen T. Hanley. I'm the founder and lead creator of Deeper Into Movies. We are a pop-up cinema based in London and New York. Today on the podcast, I am joined by actor, writer, comedian, Jordan Firstman. You may have seen his short films, Call Your Father and Men Don't Whisper. He wrote for the first series of Search Party. He's recently in Dave and uh, Miss Marvel, the Marvel TV series. Anyway, he is here to talk about Rotting in the Sun, which he plays a kind of exaggerated version of himself. In the movie, he meets Sebastian Silva, who is the director of the movie, who goes missing. And the two are both playing extremely dark, exaggerated versions of themselves. And I clicked with Jordan right away. I had such fun talking to him. I was really sad when it was over. We could have geeked out for ages more talking about movies. He's so funny. And I had a blast. Here is me and Jordan Firstman. to apologize in advance if i cough i have a bit of a cough i'm jet lagged i'm not my best self today but i'm gonna give you what i got okay i like the disclaimer <laughs> i got my cough syrup here oh it's um, fine we had dasher on the pod and she had a bad cough too and my editor is a genius and took it okay, all out and, she, and the vocal fire was perfect so <laughs> you could cut me out of the podcast altogether oh i'll just make my own mashup and just make <laughs> you say what i want you to say yeah yeah <laughs> How's things with you otherwise? Good. Yeah, I flew in. I flew in yesterday and really haven't haven't been getting the sleep I need to be getting to be doing these kinds of activities <laughs> at this hour as well. Yeah. Yeah, but uh we're 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 getting through it. It's been fun. We have our we have our London premiere tonight, so I'm excited for that. That's good. That's my favorite. Is that Rio tonight? No, uh Picture House. Okay, cool. R- and then Rio? Rio's tomorrow. Rio's the one. I'm telling it's you. The one? It's Why the one. Why did they put our premiere where the one is? That's like our brain dead New Beverly okay, kind okay, of metrograph okay. kind of cool spot. Okay, cool. But Picture House is is more the more prestige kind of thing. But Rio will be fun. That's our go to cinema for all our big programming stuff. So that'll be a blast. Okay, okay. Let's go back. What kind of teenager were you? What were you watching and reading, and what had a big imprint on you? Oh my god! Wow, the most most aggressive question to start. Um, just bring <laughs> let's me start of a trauma and walk yeah, the way forward. Like, who started bullying you? When did you come out? Um, <laughs> who broke your heart? Um, no, I was I was uh, I was a pretty precocious, I guess, teenager. I hate that word, um, but I, I think I was. I was really into theater. Um, I was obsessed with Stephen Sondheim. I kind of, I think at 12 years old, I, 12 or 13, I got into company, really got into company. 
memorized it back and forth and then kind of like really did the deep dive. And so I think like a lot of my uh, my approach to everything is shaped by those lyrics, uh, just like how how deep and profound and like just like razor sharp and funny at the same time they were kind of just taught me a language for writing so then that kind of got me into Woody Allen came next um then yeah Paul Mazursky in my early 20s then Altman in my early 20s 70s 70s were big were big for me yes um yeah talky i love talky things i love dialogue um i love i love i've always loved characters being really uh acerbic and mean to each other uh who's afraid of virginia wolf was huge um yeah just like intellectual mean white people was was my (laughs) was, (laughs) was my tea for for a long time uh and yeah and then i guess like comedically i I loved sarah silverman um that's i guess where like the sillier side of me comes from Mm -hmm. i loved like dude where's my car i loved yeah scary movie um i loved the silly the silly comedies the wayne's brothers are amazing i think geniuses company is with being alive right yep a ladies who lunch being alive being alive is heartbreaking oh my uh, god someone to hold me too close yes someone to hurt me too deep someone to sit in my chair and ruin my sleep and make me aware of being alive Are you kidding speak me speak on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i really love the the, the documentary is incredible where he's just yes. putting him when what, that guy says something so funny when he's like i, I think when his vote his voice has just had it he has such a funny line about i think he can't it's a oh. i think you're talking about elaine stritch yes maybe saying it's singing ladies who lunch and they're playing her back and she goes no fuck you i hate it and she's screaming at herself because she's so mad at her own performance that's it yeah it is it's one of my fa- i show like every boyfriend that like isn't into theater i'm like that is your clip to get if you don't get this then you won't get me yeah that's like I, I love when you give people those to kind of starter packs. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is what you're getting in for. Let, let's try it and see yeah. how we go. I just did the like Criterion top ten, and that it was it's on the Criterion that documentary, and I think it made my I think it was my like eleventh. But I'm now thinking about it, I'm like I should have put it in there. What's your favorite Woody Allen? Where do you land on? Obviously, I've seen loads, but then I rewatched Midnight in Paris, and then. I just went on such a deep dive. I was yeah. buying from all, and they're getting more expensive, obviously, because he's canceled, and I don't think they're going to yeah. be re- reprinted. So I was, I need to right. stock up, stock up on the, on the physical. I don't think they'll be coming to streaming anytime soon. Yeah. So I was like, but there's my- there's a couple. I mean, that you could still buy them on, rent them on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I, um, I, just get, I get to that hoarder stage where I, think I need my physical copies of everything because I never know. Which yeah. way the, the studios, what studios are going to buy, what studios and what yeah. content is just going to be buried and stuff. Yeah, actually, one one of mine on the on my top 10 is an unmarried woman, which is available nowhere besides the Criterion DVD. And I don't have a DVD player. Oh, God. Which is crazy, I know. Yeah. But so I can never watch one of my favorite movies, which yeah. is sad. Yeah, this is why I always, people think I'm, well... I'm an old man. But <laughs> it, it, 
You got yeah, holding on to the physical media is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite Woody Allen. Yeah. It just because of like the emotional impact it had on my life. Yeah. Nikki Cristina Barcelona. Great movie. It's an amazing movie. Hot movie. Sexy. I mean, Javier, that was a huge sexual awakening. Like that was when I first realized I was into Spanish 45 year olds. Like I, and it <laughs> became a tr huge trend in my life actually. Um, and, but it, it's weird. I like, I say that movie got me through my parents' divorce and it's such a random movie, but I watched it every night while my parents were in divorce. I think I've seen it probably like 400 times and it, I never like understood why it was that movie that did it, but I think it was like, it's, it's a kind of about divorce and like mm. dissatisfaction in your relationship. But in such like, I think it had the escapism of like romance and that like real romance did exist, but like with the reality of life and real relationships too. But yeah, it was, it was, I, I really was falling asleep to it every night. It was like my lullaby. Um, um, and I could, I could almost recite it, but yeah, so that, that would be, that would be probably my favorite. I love Hannah and her sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, I like his very Woody allen -y movies. Like a lot of people like love interiors or match point, like the, where he gets a little more genre-y. I like those, but like, I, I like great dialogue and talky. Like I said, I like, I like talky shit. It's kind of weird look, in a way that. Vicky Christina has such big dick energy from Javier. I know. I know. God, it sucks. It sucks who, who he is. Cause like his ability to just fucking write, like he's such a mm. good writer. Yeah. Like usually like this, this kind of personality would never even know how a hot, hot guy talks. And it's yeah. like not making fun of, it. it's like, it's both, it's funny, but like very sexy, really sexy. Yeah. Like, he knows pickup line. I mean, to walk up to a table and just say American. Are you yeah. kidding? Like that's that's the best pickup line I've ever heard. What color are your eyes? Yeah, he's. How do you feel about Manhattan? Love, love. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. It used to be Annie Hall, but now I go to Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan's better. I mean, it's it's the the teenage part is a little disturbing to watch now. Sure. Um, but she's uh, Hem Meryl Hemingway is fucking amazing in it. Lesbian Meryl Streep, oh god, amazing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm more Manhattan than Annie Hall, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Brett Ellis got me pilled on Interiors. He's obsessed with that movie. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I talked. I talked about. We talked about that on his podcast. It never. It never fully. I I need to go rewatch it because it never. It never gagged me like it should have. Yeah. Do you like the Wild Man Blues documentary? I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. It's him on tour with his jazz band. Oh. It's really okay. good. It's really revealing. It's just yeah. like a fly in the wall. And he, he's with his lady and yeah, they're catching shit every time they step out and paparazzi are hounding them. But it's just him on tour with his jazz band wilding out. But it's re really interesting. And deconstructing Harry, I like because it's just so funny hearing Woody dropping yeah. C bombs and being yeah, yeah. so fucking angry and foul mouthed and stuff. Yeah. I I think that was, I think that's mo I think that's like post divorce getting a load of shit for his yeah, yeah. in the press again. What's the worst too? Oh, the worst absolutely 
Scoop. <laughs> yeah, Scoop is pretty bad. Fucking terrible. And I don't think it's the worst though. I couldn't finish that one. And I'm a rainy day in New York apologist. I love Defender. It. Okay, good. I thought it was so sweet. I thought Selena was great. Yes. I think it was, I was like, you don't think Timmy fits into Woody Allen. And then he starts saying the dialogue. I'm like, oh, you are really good for Woody yeah. Allen. I love I really liked it. I thought it was super cute. I love uh um uh, Crisis and Six Act Five Six Acts, right? The Miley Cyrus one. That one I haven't seen. Shit. Oh, it's okay. so I've, fun. I've... And uh oh my god, what's her name? Oh my god, Elaine May. Elaine May is so good in it. Whoa. Yeah, it's really good. Um, no, the worst for me is to Rome with love. Agreed. No, that That's was yeah. really that bad. was really frustrating. Yeah. And and the the Kate Winslet one is pretty bad. Wonder wait, what is Wonder, Wonder Wheel. Wheel? Yeah, that I one's didn't enjoy bad it. too. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only ones I can really properly show. Another on. underrated one that I can watch that people hate it is Cafe Society. I love that movie. Yeah. People didn't like it. No, I love all the whole Hollywood yeah. producer shit in that. It's so good. And Jesse's really Yeah. Jesse's so watchable. Yeah. Steve Carell, always watchable. Yeah, he's really good in that. He just Parker like Posey. It was yes. the was it the beginning of the was it before Rational Man? Yeah, it might have been. I Parker Posey doing Woody Allen, it's insane that it took him that long to find her. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Mubi. Mubi is a curated streaming service bringing you the best in cinema. So I like to dig around on the Mubi UK platform and pick out some gems. But Jordan is here to talk about Rotting in the Sun. So it just makes sense for me to give a shout out to the director, Sebastian Silva, and pick some of his movies, Crystal Fairy and The Magical Cactus. Okay, The Crystal Fairy and The Magical Cactus from 2013. If you've ever wanted to see Michael Sarah on Masculine, now is your chance. This is a really wild road movie set across Chile. Okay, number two, Nasty Baby from 2015. Oh, this one was crazy. I saw this. The gay couple are trying to have a baby. They approach their neighbor, Kristen Wig, and another neighbor comes into the mix, and this movie just gets dark as hell. Trust Sebastian to go this way. It starts off as a kind of a sweet indie drama and just gets dark as hell. That's recommendation number two. And third one, Life Kills Me from 2007. I've seen this one too. This one is heavy and it's funny. This is where Gaspar, a young man, he is haunted by the death of his younger brother 
and meet someone who he feels has been reincarnated as his brother and they go through this dark existential journey questioning life and death there you go good times to be had all rounds with the utterly nihilistic sebastian silver okay those are my recommendations don't forget rotting in the sun is available to watch now on movie and i think it has the most drug use i've ever seen in a movie and that includes goodfellas and and at the void if that quote doesn't make you want to watch it nothing will and the good news is you can watch all these movies and more for free just go to movie.com slash deeper into movies for 30 days of movie for free so watch all sebastian silver's nihilism and watch a ton of other great movies movie.com slash deeper into movies I was just watching all your Instagram impressions whilst I was waiting for you to come on. All of them. Uh, There's quite a few. As many as I could get, as many as <laughs> I could get through. But it was funny. I think you, I was on Brett's podcast. You were saying that it was quite weird for you that you gained so many followers and you were kind of unsure. Do they like my banana bread impression? Or are they going to fully understand me yeah. and my whole personality and brand when they really dig in, which is kind of a, odd experience yeah i mean even now it's like in in like promoting this movie i'm like doing it knowing that half half of my following even if they do see it will not understand it or probably like it but it's like it's weird to have this like number there that i don't want to like a lot of them to be there if they're not gonna (laughs) if they're not gonna understand what i do Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's this weird conundrum where like, I, I know I am never, I haven't given them what they've wanted for years. And somehow like, you know, I'm not going to say the number hasn't gone down. It's gone down Mm -hmm. a little, but like, not like, there's still a lot of people there that I'm like, what are you getting out of this still? And maybe I'm underestimating them and maybe that they, they do like more than banana breads publicists, but I got 200 150,000 followers in one day. Fuck. How's that to process? That like it was I mean, it at the time it felt really good. I was like cuz like getting followers <laughs> felt good. Of course. <laughs> but, the endorphin hit. Yeah. But I didn't like put together that like oh now I have like 100,000 followers that are just Ariana Grande fans and because she was reposting yes. me there they follow me or Chrissy Teigen fans or Katy Perry like these people that do like mad respect like they are masters of their own craft <laughs> maybe Chrissy mm-hmm. um but um but like but like they're not they're not going to understand what I'm doing so 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's very it's all very weird to process. And I don't think I think it's a unique it's a unique thing for someone that does what I do. I don't think like many other people have that same thing because they build. I look at my friends that are like gaining rapid followings. Like I'm really close to Rachel Senate and Io Debris and um, like they're they're getting so many fans, but it's like for what they actually do. Yeah. And I feel so not like the person <laughs> that made banana breads publicist or did a lot of those like sillier, like low level, I guess you would call it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's still, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever like fully process it or be able to like let it go. I hope, I hope like this, this movie in general is like the beginning of, of, finding the people that actually fuck with what I do in my heart, you know? Yeah. I totally know what you mean. We, we do screenings every week and every Sunday we just do a shit posting of memes yeah. and they always gain huge traction. And then we get all these reposts from like celebrities and stuff. Then I, then I'm thinking you guys don't want to hear about my Paul Schrader marathon next week or my well, Gaspar No obsession. Even when I do my physical media roundup for all the geeks where I show them what cool movies I've been watching this week. I'm like, yeah. all right, you, you, you want my Barbenheimer memes yeah. or my things, but I'm wondering what the fuck are you doing here? But, and the Aussie Evans welcome, but it's just kind of, I, I, I get more weirded out myself that I'm going to show my true self yeah. of just me freaking out about Eric Romer and Gaspar Noe. And I'm like, Where's the memes, bro? But I, I mean, you have, yeah, like you have to do what you want to. That's, I think that's what I've like learned on the internet is you, you can please everyone, but you're not going to please yourself in doing it and you're going to end up way uh, more <laughs> dissatisfied. So I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather my, my, my numbers be lower and like me be doing things I want to do than trying to appeal to, everyone because i did i learned how to appeal to everyone and i found that formula really fast and mm -hmm. i do i do cringe at a lot of the stuff i did because i was i was acting from a lower level but i guess it is good to know that i have the ability to like reach a bunch of people if i stoop to low enough of a level i i do have a thing that i think if i engagement's been lower so i'm like let me just hit them with some lynch yeah. memes yeah or, or, or some really hard twilight memes yeah. and i'm gonna bang but how about when you give the audience gold and it just doesn't track or get the hits and likes do you ever get that one where yeah. you just kind of beat yourself please let the record reflect i know i'm beating myself up over posting memes here but there is things where, I'm, where I, I store up all my memes i pick my best 10 and i'm like God, I gave you yeah. gold tonight and it didn't hit as hard as less. You know what I always find? There was one I did like last last year, last January that I was like, this is this is my crowning achievement. I love this one so much. <laughs> and it it like totally flopped. And then I started I went live on Instagram and started yelling at my following <laughs> for letting it flop. I'm like, you are all idiots for letting this flop. Why do you let and I interviewed people on why they thought it flopped? Um, but then six months later, 
I met someone that actually ended up uh, painting our poster for Rotting in the Sun, someone I respect deeply. And he was like, the mo- he was like, I had just started following you and you posted the French girl on a date. And I was like, this guy is so smart. And that's when he became a fan. And so you'll get, you'll get the certain people and you'll mm-hmm. know the real ones from your crowning achievements, even if they don't get the numbers. Remind me, what what was your favorite one? French girl on It's a... a French girl on a first date, and I have like this sad music playing in a filter, and it's 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 just funny. <laughs> okay, great. Gen Z and therapy is my favorite. Oh yeah, that's that that's a good one. I like that one. Hugely accurate. <laughs> so when I was watching Writing in the Sun, what I loved is it's almost like the most deranged odd couple type of pairing for a comedy that's been pushed to the, the darkest limits of what the pairing could be in a way. I, was it, was that something that you were aware of when you were going in? I think it was, it was very clear from the moment I met Sebastian that there was some sort of gravitational force pulling us together, even though so many of the facts did not align. And I, he we did not hit it off. Like the first time we met, he thought I was super irritating. I thought he was super pretentious and like, and socially like not just like fun to be around. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was, I was such a fan of his work. And then we just had that one dinner with friends didn't go great. And then a month later he called me and he was like, do you want to make this movie? And he explained it. And he was like, I want, I want to really make fun of you, like not an ironic way. I want to like decimate everything you are and stand for. Um, and I was like, let's go. And then just the more we've had such a dynamic relationship, which I think even like now some we've been doing interviews and like press is coming out and like people cannot um, synthesize our relationship. They like they yeah. everyone needs it to be this like clean thing. It's like, do they like each other? Do they hate each other? I'm like, we love each other and we hate each other. And there's, there's something about us that completely works, but things that genuinely still trigger each other. Um, and I think like, it's what makes like the art feel so exciting, but it's weird that like even smart people can't understand that. Like we're not in this like toxic thing that, that needs to be, banished it's like we have so much love for each other and like granted the love has grown a lot especially since we've like finished the movie and especially since the we love the movie so much and i think like him editing me he found a lot of love towards me and like he never he never like he never would tell me good job or that he thought i was good at acting or anything it was like a kind of a point of contention in the shooting because i do i do need validation i am i'm not above that um and so i would kind of like beg him for it and he would say no and then as he started editing i would like hear from friends they'd be like seb just called me he's like he's like gagging at how good you are in the movie i'm like i would never have known that he is not telling me this at all um but so i think he kind of he started seeing different sides of me when you can you know there's there's a story I heard about like an uh, on maybe I won't tell the story, but there was another director that uh, he was working with an actress that thought she was doing mm-hmm. such a bad job when he was on set. And then he fi- he fired her and tried to find a new person. 
And then the crew was like, just go watch the footage. And he watched it and he was like, this is the best performance I've ever seen. And I think like with, and this is an actress that I think I have, I'm not surprised myself, but I think I have some similarities too. It's a very like chaotic, uh, frenzied vibe that I can maybe bring to. Okay. Mel Street. Uh, it's Meryl Street. But I think, I think like because of the, the chaos I can for better or for worse bring to real life and a performance, it was, he didn't, he didn't fully see it until he saw it. I'll say, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think that's, I think those scenes, those scenes with me and him on the beach are, are like, some of my favorites in the film because like you can really see how deeply uncomfortable i'm making him um yeah and and it's it's because i mean it's one because we shot that at the end and i knew how to trigger him by that point like i knew what was going to annoy him and so and i wanted to i wanted to harm him by that point <laughs> and so i used i used every trick i had to like I mean, the, the, when I'm kissing him and like, I turn his hat backwards, like he can't watch that to this day. Like he literally can't watch it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think these, these are the, these are the, like the kind of collaborations, like I've always dreamed of like these, these, these ones that, that just like are so towing the line between like dangerous and right. Um, but I don't know. To me, it's a dream collaboration, even though I, I'm often uh, anxious <laughs> about the, yeah. you know, like, and yeah, it's it's not a completely uh, positive situation all the time. But I think that's what makes it uh, interesting to me. And I, lo- I love that about it. So how did you process it when he said, I, I want you to be in the movie, but I'll be straight, I find influencer culture disgusting and things like that that you are did you think he was fucking like are you, are you taking him on this journey just to destroy me no, or troll no, me I or knew he was like I, i'm the brunt of the joke in all this yeah i knew he was being 100 percent serious how can you not take that personally and go home and cry is that would be my reaction if someone i've like, always kind of liked i've always i'm very used to being the brunt of the joke and it's been that way my whole life and so i've i have gotten used to it and it isn't it isn't the most comfortable but it has it has served me well um and i think it i think it it's a it's thank god i have it because i think i can also verge on like arrogant or cocky and then like i always end up getting humbled by life in some way or another person um so like to me to me like sebastian is the great humbling you know and i the internet like definitely made me uh super delusional and i thought i mean like i had a i had like a little stint with with cancellation myself not and nothing uh too insane but i really thought every for like nine months i thought every person in the world worshipped me because that's all i was seeing on the internet and it can really make you feel like that. And I didn't realize this. There was a whole underbelly of society waiting for it to be chic to not like me. And then so once it became chic to not like me, they all came out. And I was like, oh, my God, all these people hated me the whole time. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was already having to process that. And so I thought it just seemed like an opportunity to like to 
to work through a lot of the things I wanted to work through as an artist. And like, mm-hmm. and, and to me also, like, as I had, uh, at that point, I was mostly a writer. Like I hadn't had a role like this. I had, you know, I did Marvel. I did, I had small roles on TV shows, played the funny guy, mm-hmm. but like in my own work is where I processed the things I wanted to talk about in the world but also writing fucking sucks. So like this also felt like an opportunity where I can like process this as I would as a writer, but not have to write it. It's kind of the best case scenario. And like, I do feel like this is a kind of role that is different than most actors get to have because it, I mean, I'm really getting to put a lot of what I feel about the world, even if it isn't my own thoughts I'm getting mm-hmm. to put it into the world as as an artist and like play with my own identity. Um, so I don't know. It always felt super exciting, even when it it was totally scary, like especially when we got to set. And I'm like, oh, now this is real. I'm like saying these things that are super um, I actually don't feel like me, but I guess it's his perception of me. And I guess some would feel this is like me. And I'm showing my whole body and I feel fat and I have back knee and, and I'm sucking cocks and what am I doing? And like, do I trust this person? Do I even like this person? And he's not even saying good job to me at the end of the day. He hates me. And he's, and I'm like, everyone's making fun of me and I'm naked. Like what's happening. (laughs) And and I'm on drugs. Like I was always on the real drugs that I was on in the movie. So it was a lot. Like I can't, I can't lie. Like the experience was, was not comfortable and it wasn't always fun but uh i'm i'm glad i did it i mean i always say this but like if the movie sucked i would be so fucking pissed i did this so i'm I'm really glad i love the movie um yes agreed no um but yeah it was it was super scary and a mind fuck but like it's like a psychedelic experience really but like when else do you get to like work to like go to like the deepest pits of your personal hell and like have that be worked through through like a piece of art that's also dealing with things that aren't you like and and so many other the cool themes that like you just get to be like one piece of the puzzle in that's amazing that was intense <laughs> you know yeah We've got to wrap up. This is a shame. Oh my god! Having such fun already. Having such fun talking <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Cool. How long are you in town for? Just um two days, and then and then we do it Berlin, and then Paris, and then it's on streaming, and then we'll see what the world thinks. Okay, that's <laughs> a great note to end on. This has been such fun to chat yes, to you. Yes, thank you so much. I'll keep DMing you with movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool. All right. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Bye. Boom. That was me and Jordan go see rotting in the sun go follow him on instagram that gen z therapist is so fucking funny and before i go i'm gonna keep on saying it 
if you enjoy the pod, please like and subscribe. I've been told it really helps boost our podcast. And the bigger the pod gets, the bigger the guests get. And as I always say, I want the pod to remain free, no paywalls, and this will really help. That's it from me. Thanks to you guys for listening, as always. And thanks to Joshua Eustace, aka Telephone Tel Aviv, for my beautiful music. We will speak soon.